We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And today we're speaking to Megan. She's a mum, a stepmum, a teacher and an assistant principal. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Quite a lot of things. She is a lot of things. <laughs> how are you going, Mandy? Good. How are you, Kate? I'm good. It's uh, Carers Week. It's Carers Week. Yep. We've been doing a few corporates, which are really nice. Please keep hiring us. It's really nice to be able to eat food. Oh, I know. It was just <laughs> wonderful to be with people. And oh. yeah. And, and because they're not, they're mostly not on Zoom anymore. Yeah, that's right. So it's lovely to be in person it in really Melbourne. Is. It really um, is. I know by the time this episode goes out, it'll be a week later, but there's a massive storm down the whole east coast of Australia today. Um, big, big, big flooding. So for those Victoria and people Tassie. who have been through all this flooding yes. and it's coming back, I'm really, really sorry and I hope, yes. I hope, I hope it's not too terrible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough of the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk about the weather well, on we our podcast. It. We do, yeah. So today we're speaking to my friend Megan, who I've never met in real life, but <laughs> we are cyber friends for a long time. And yeah, we 11 or 12, yeah. oh, no, about 12 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Megan also knows Gary. Our bean. Yep. <laughs> and so, anyway, hi, Megan. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's lovely to have you today. I just want to say Megan is extremely attractive. She's got a gap in her front teeth oh, like all the like cool people Kate. do. <laughs> yes. Yes, there For you go. those of you who can't see that, just know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming okay. on to our podcast, hey? So we're going to start off with our questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, our first no question is, do you have a song or music that either, you know, lifts you up when you need to be lifted up or just gets you through the downtimes? Um, I probably don't have a specific song. I do really like the song from The Greatest Showman, mm. the, um, This Is Me. Yeah. I yep. really like that song. Um, I probably more about the lyrics mm-hmm. than um necessarily the sound of the song so there's little snippets of lots of songs that resonate with me which mm. is to the annoyance of everybody else in the car because <laughs> I just skip the song <laughs> the bit that I like. no ogs cord for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay fair yeah, enough that is yeah. a good song actually I think it's the anthem Buzz put it on on his way in from school the other day yeah it's like this is the song it like, is yep. an anthem yep for yep. us isn't it, really, it? Really is. what yeah. about did you win any awards at school or any in your life yeah, I did. I I won quite a few awards at school, but my favourite and probably most memorable award was when I was in year 12 and I won an award for um, like consistent and conscientious yeah. effort to mm. whatever. And I thought like as a teacher now, I think about that award and think it's a nice like it, it wasn't about being the best yeah. or doing 
the best. It was about um, for me what I was personally doing. So oh. I, I think that's a I, I keep that in my mind when we're talking about awards and stuff with school, that yeah. it's kind of an individual thing. And I think um, a nice reason to get an award rather than for throwing leaves in the air yes. or yes. with experience yes. um, ripping up paper. Yep. <laughs> yes. yes. You've had one of them too. Yeah, great. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 Good. That is a really – actually, that's quite a great award. People can think about that. Consistent effort. doesn't have to be you got an A. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Good award. That's mm. probably one of the best ones we've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, at our, um, at our school when we celebrate Public Education Week, we decided probably five or six years ago that at that assembly, like it's a whole school assembly and all the communities invited, and we decided that um, it should be a celebration of public education for all kids yes. of all abilities. And um, we decided to ditch awards at that assembly and just celebrate everyone. And it's mm. actually got a really beautiful feel to it ah. because it's just about being part of the school, not right. about who's best or who's um, improved or, yeah. you know, like some of our awards are great um, and I think there's a time and a place for them, but it is also really nice just to celebrate school as a community. Ah, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it really, really does. Ah. Good on you. Mm. Mm. We'll hear more about it. <laughs> and our favourite question, why are you a P? Why am I a P? I am a P because I am mum to Cal, who is, almost 14 years old. Cal has um, cerebral palsy. So his official diagnosis is chorioathetoid cerebral palsy quadriplegia. So it means it affects all his limbs. Um, and he also has some other things thrown in like um, a diagnosis of epilepsy, which is um, one that he's due to overcome like as he gets older, but um still there at the moment um, and he has dysphagia so has trouble swallowing so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well mm. that's how we met in our private group that we won't tell the name of and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and we had our youngest around the same time because I was going back through our messages seeing that we were messaging yeah. each other you know nervous about having another baby yeah I remember yeah. connecting um that feeling of being excited about having another child after Cal and adding to our family, but also um, lots of questions and nervousness Mm. around um, parenting another child Mm. after uh, or alongside a child with a disability. Yes, yes, yeah. So if we go back to the beginning, how was your pregnancy with Cal? Um, My pregnancy in itself was pretty uneventful. Um, I remember thinking that all these people talk about it being such a glowing, lovely experience, and I thought it was one of the most unnatural things. <laughs> Very contorted body that I had yes. no control over. But yeah. um, other than that, um, uneventful pregnancy, um, water broke, um, went up to the hospital, um, and they just sort of monitored um, things for a little while because the contractions weren't too close together. Um, and then when I went into labour, that um, final stage of labour was quite quick mm. um, and was probably about 45 minutes. Mm. Um, but 
during that time, my memories and Grant, my husband's memories are a bit different. There's things that I don't remember mm. from that time, but basically Cal was born. Um, I was quite stressed at that point because I'd had a friend who I've been friends with since kindergarten who'd actually lost a baby oh. six weeks earlier. Oh, goodness. At full term, um, her baby was actually born and then had passed away a few days later. And so I was really, really stressed Mm, mm. about that situation and um, had informed the midwives Mm. beforehand. And then um, Grant remembers them saying, um, we just need to get this baby out of here. Um, And I don't remember hearing that, but... Basically, Cal was born and they picked him up and put him on my chest. And as they said, they could see his head. My biggest concern at that point in time was, does he have red hair? (laughs) 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 Does the baby have red hair? To which they replied, no. And they put him up on my chest. And I remember thinking, like, obviously all babies are discoloured, I guess. Um, But it really shocked me. Mm. Um, And as it turned out, he actually wasn't breathing. And Mm. so while it was lovely to have that initial hold, he probably shouldn't have been given to me. Mm. So he was then taken off me. Um, You know, they started to, you know, lots of pandemonium, I guess, and chaos in the room. They, you know, hit the emergency buzzer for the paediatrician. The paediatrician came up. They commenced um, resuscitation and... Um, so basically laying there and Cal was on a table and had a mask on him mm. and they were pumping the air into mm. him and that went on for about, um, sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that went on for about 20 minutes. Oh, and, um, to the point where after he was breathing again, the question actually was, what time was he born? Because wow. none of them note. And so it was like, we think it was about 20 minutes ago. It's 7.20 now. We're happy to just go with 7 a.m. And we all just went, yeah, because oh. it was just so not important oh, yeah. Yeah. at that time. Yeah. And obviously, as I know you guys and yeah. lots of people listening are well aware, still yes. obviously very raw. Yes. Um, mm. But, yeah, um, so Cal was um, effectively resuscitated. Um, the town that I live in is, um, only got about 17,000 people. Um, so while our hospital is great in many ways, um, I really don't think they were equipped Mm. to deal with the situation at the time. Mm. Um, and Cal was actually put into a, like a humidity crib, Mm. um, but was actually warmed, not cooled. And um, that oh. over time became a very big issue for me when mm. I was, um, I guess, on my plight to research all of things. Course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, we'll talk about that, I guess, mm. in a little while. But so after Cal was immediately born, um, he started to have some seizure activity. Um, Broken Hill is 1,200 kilometres west of Sydney mm-hmm. and about a five and a half hour drive to Adelaide, which is our next major capital city, but we're in New South Wales. So 
there's always a little bit of a difficulty oh, about yeah. where are children or people Which retrieve health department them. Right. takes you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so advice was being sought from the doctors on duty at the hospital from other hospitals, um, but we had basically a, they decided after on the third day that they would fly us to Adelaide and the main reason why they actually decided to fly us was because Cal was in a separate, um, like sort of like in a special care sort yep. of section, I guess, of the hospital and they actually didn't have enough staff. Oh and so the main gosh. reason to send him was because they couldn't staff him to the point of the care that was needed at that time. So we got airlifted to Adelaide, but we had to wait for a, um, the NETS team, the neonatal retrieval team, to come from Flinders Hospital. Mm. Um, we were flown, Cal and I, by a Royal Flying Doctors to Adelaide to Women's and Children's Hospital. And it all happened pretty quickly. Mm. Like while it had been three days, that last bit mm-hmm. happened really, really quickly. And um, I remember saying to the doctor, the um, the paediatrician in Broken Hill, look, I know you can't tell me what's wrong. I know no one knows what's wrong, but can you just tell me that when we come back from Adelaide, whenever that might be, <laughs> that we'll be bringing back our baby? Yeah. And they said, we can't answer that. Oh, very good. Goodness. And so that was pretty horrific. Mm. Um, first time mum. Um, yes. It was pretty awful and I um I remember being given time to go home and pack um a bag and during that time I really quickly rang um one of my colleagues from work Mm. um who so I worked with this lady and her husband was the principal at our school at the time and I was quite close to them and um I grew up as a Catholic but certainly don't still prescribe to Mm. be so but this couple are quite, um, I guess, um, of very strong Christian mm, faith, mm. Um, not not Catholic, but um, I rang them and just said, whatever you do, yeah. um, keep us in your thoughts. And yeah. I just remember um, my friend saying to me on the phone, like I really had to quickly bring yeah. her up to speed yeah. and she just said to me, just wrap yourself up, wrap your whole family up, in your arms, mm-hmm. in your heart, mm-hmm. and keep them there and trust that somebody is going to help get you guys through this. If mm-hmm. you can't have Cal in your arms, mm-hmm. then, you know, have him, um, have all of your family close mm-hmm. to you in your heart and just trust that, you know, whatever is going to get you through this. And I just, I know in the flight to Adelaide, I just kept saying that over mm-hmm. and over yeah. Ed, like just wrap yourself up, yep. like mm, keep mm, things mm. tight. Because yep. I remember ringing Grant. He was at home with um, his kids, uh, our um, the other kids in our family. So I've got three step kids who at that stage were the youngest was nine and the oldest I think was 13 or 14. Mm. And so I'd rang him and said, they're going to fly us to Adelaide. Um, I need you to come. And he was like, oh, yep, coming to the hospital. And I was like, I can't do this. I said, I can't do this by myself. I can't get on a flight and go and I don't know what to do. Like I've never been a parent before. And Mm. Grant, and I said, I just don't think I can deal with this. And Grant said, you can, you have to, like Mm. your mum, 
You've got to go. Oh, Um, goodness, Megan. Yeah, and so that was the beginning journey, being a mum. It was pretty chaotic. Um, And we then spent um, 10 days between um, NICU and um, SCABU, the special care nursery, um, which doesn't seem like a lot at the time. It felt like it was oh. forever. Oh, yes. it's a long time. You ask someone if they want to do something really traumatic for 10 days, they're going to say no. Yeah, yeah. and also made more difficult by the fact that um, because we were classed as an inter-hospital transfer, right. we actually had to be in an isolation room. Oh. So, And the isolation room <sighs> was inside NICU. Oh. So you actually had to walk through NICU with very, very, very yes. preppy babies yes. to see our full-term baby. Yes. And, and while all of the parents there were at different stages of grief and celebration, mm. it was really difficult to walk through knowing we were going to visit a baby that was full term yeah. when we were completely surrounded by My babies friends. who effectively were still waiting to officially be. Yes. Yeah. It's a very confusing place. It's really confusing. And yes. you have your own, well, terror really, and mm. then you feel like you shouldn't show that because someone else's pain or fear is worse. Mm. It's a really tricky mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. So you did that for 10 days and where where were you staying? Um, So I was in the hospital for the first few days. Um, My husband and my mum got on a commercial flight and flew down to Adelaide. My mum had actually, because my mum lives on the central coast between Sydney and Newcastle. So I think she'd flown to Broken Hill the day after Cal was born. Right. And then mum and Grant then flew from um, Broken Hill to Adelaide. And at the same time, because my three stepkids were in our mm, care for mm, that week, mm. Grant's mum flew out from Sydney to look after them. So it was a lot sort of going on. Logistics um, a go-go, yeah. Yeah, so I, we stayed um, We stayed at a range of places while we were down there. Um, mum and Grant stayed in a couple of different hotels and had some very funny experiences as mother-in-law and <laughs> staying in the one hotel room. Um, and then oh, I can't even remember. I we know. just stayed at places that were close by yeah. that we could kind of walk back over mm. to the hospital mm. yeah. to yeah. Yeah. And were you expressing or what how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Um I, I was I'll tell you why I just laughed in a minute. <laughs> um yes, I was expressing milk. Cal wasn't he had a nasal gastric tube yep. at that stage. Um he wasn't really able to maintain a suck. So I was expressing milk um and then we were giving it to him i think um it's all a bit hazy but mm. i think from memory they were using a syringe yeah. yep. with gastric tube to start with and then we moved on to um breastfeeding and bottle feeding um with the milk but um i laughed because in my completely sleep deprived state when we were in this isolation room i was sitting down expressing and um, I forgot that I was expressing and this priest <laughs> came into the room and I 
just started talking to him. <laughs> he sort of looked at me as though, oh, maybe I should go. And he said, oh, should I leave? And I said, no, no, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> Fine, just take my nipples straight right out. Was, getting, so Were you, was it a double pump? No, but oh. I was holding the pump up to one side. Yeah. I'd already done the other side, which I inadvertently realised after he left. Just left hanging out. Put back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had this great chat to him about religion and being a Catholic priest yeah. and he averted my eye gaze at all costs and I couldn't really figure out why and then <laughs> just after he left my mum and husband came into the room and they were like oh who was that and I was like oh that was um you know whatever his name was Catholic priest and it was either grand or mum said and were you talking to him like that and I said like what and Greg goes look and I went ah, I said now I know why he couldn't look at me <laughs> but you're just doing it so often it just becomes yeah yeah and he Actually, it's just skin. Yeah. Right? Yes. You know, yeah. we he get hung up him. on it and he did sit with you. So I, hats off hats to him. Hats off to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. did. When I had Nate, so that was three years later, I, Nate was born in that hospital at my request and a priest came to visit me and it was the same priest. Ah. And he did remember ah. me. <laughs> Is she going to have her boobs out? Is she going to have her boobs out? Phew, they're in. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's the whole thing about this time in your life. There is funniness and there is really hard fear. And grief. You're grieving. You're terrified. There's there's that constantly, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, just the journey to date. Um, I don't know that. I don't know whether it gets easier. Yeah. I, it changes. Yes. And I think um, there's mm. a whole lot of um, grief and I know we've talked a lot in the group that we talk in online, Mandy, about chronic sorrow Yeah, and that just ongoing kind of feeling that's grief and celebration and amazement um, all wrapped up together and sometimes those feelings are spaced out over yeah. days or weeks or months and sometimes you go through them all in a couple yes. of minutes. Yes, so true. Yes, that is the truth. So mm. at the end of those 10 days, what happened? Um, we were told that Cal had suffered a hypoxic episode of birth. And mm. Did they know um, why? No, they said that something happened in that last stage of labour that um, that something had happened they couldn't really pinpoint and the exact words that were used because Cal had made massive improvements in the 10 days we're in Adelaide and we'd seen lots of, you know, therapists and neurologists mm. and whatever and mm. we were sent back to Broken Hill, transferred back to Broken Hill Hospital but only stayed there overnight. But um, we were sent back with the explanation that He's come so far, it's a little bit like having um, a, a sprained ankle. So something's happened to cause this ankle to be sprained and you react differently and compensate because your ankle is sore, but then once it's feeling better, you overcome it and everything is fine. And so that was the explanation we were given wow. upon leaving Adelaide and bringing our baby home and we weren't transferred like 
flown transferred home, we had to take this baby who'd been in Niku and Skavu and get on a commercial flight and fly home, um, which I was so used to hearing all the bells and whistles go yeah. off. I yes, was, it's scary it was, to not. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we came home to Broken Hill, um, got back like to home and just got on with being a mum and a baby yeah. and trying not to really think about, yes. I guess, that, like, you know, coming up with the, okay, well, you know, it was horrific while we were there, but you know what? It was 10 days and it's done with now and yeah. now we can get on with things. And then and he as, was in your arms and compared to yeah. your friend whose baby died, then you're yeah, like, absolutely. Well, yeah, yes. Mm. Absolutely. And um, so we just went through the motions of um, me learning how to be a mum, yeah. I guess, and um, a, and a stepmom at the same time. Yes, enormous. Um, and my mum stayed in Broken Hill for a couple of weeks and, um, yeah, we just got on with things. And then it was through going to mum's group that I sort of thought, yeah, I don't think things are kind of happening here Mm-mm. at the same rate that they should. I remember Cal smiled when he was like six and a half weeks old and I was like, ooh, six yeah, weeks. Yeah. He smiled at six and a half. We're on track, yeah. you know. All going well, and we were keeping on going back and having checkups, and they were happy with how things, like just at our local hospital, yeah, they were happy with how things were going. Um, Cal was feeding by this stage, um, breastfeeding, and we continued that for about six months. And um, yeah, it was around that same time, around six months, that I was like, I just don't feel like everything is right here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's when other babies are rapidly changing, aren't they, rolling? Yeah. Some are starting to crawl, some are, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I, perhaps in hindsight unfairly, but at the time I had this expectation that because my husband had three ch- children, he knew all about it. He yeah. shouldn't know if everything <laughs> is okay or not. Yeah. Um, and I guess it, it kind of was probably a um a moment there was others when cal was first born but it was a moment where i kind of really went you know what this is like gut instinct mum instinct something mm. is not right mm. and i'm the one who's seeing cal our baby next to all these other babies yeah. and he, something doesn't seem right yes. and so when I went home and then explained to Grant what I could see these other babies mm. doing and what Cal wasn't, um, and they were they were small things, um, might have been the way that he held his head or yeah. yep. starting to roll or things like that, but grabbing for stuff became yeah. more mm. yeah became more evident, and so we asked for things to be looked into mm. and um, and and yeah the process then started of having. Um, you know, visits, small visits with the local paediatrician and then we got referred back to Adelaide and because um, at that stage, like when the release notes from the hospital had been sent through, it it just said high, hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, yeah. um, you know, grade two. And um, I do know that when I opened that mail, um, I lost it. Mm. <laughs> I just couldn't deal with it mm. and I started Googling all the stuff in it and just was horrified and just Mm. went, no, that's don't want to deal with it. And any medical bills or anything that came, I just couldn't deal with any of that because it was like there is actually something wrong and I don't know what it is. Um, 
they did genetic testing and all that. They did an MRI when Cal was yep. three days old mm-hmm. and it was clear. Um, it didn't show anything. Right. Um, when they redid the MRI, when I think he was probably about, might have been eight or nine months, um, it showed symmetrical brain damage right. to both sides of the brain but predominantly in the basal ganglia, mm. which is the part of the brain that controls your movement. Mm. And um, at that point we had been waiting for those results mm. in Adelaide and we'd been waiting down there and just kind of filling in time for about five or six days in amongst appointments and we just wanted to go home. Yeah. And so they had said, look, we'll, we'll get in touch with you and let let you know what's sort of happening. And um, we came back to Broken Hill and um, I got a phone call one night and um, from one of the paediatricians in Adelaide and he said, I'm just ringing up to chat to you about the results and things that came through. And I said, yeah, okay, no worries. And he said, now, um, as you know, and at this stage I didn't know the MRI Mm. results, and he said, as you know, the MRI results have shown symmetrical brain damage, Mm. basal ganglia. Um, So this is as a result of the hypoxic episode. Um, He is likely to um, have what we'll call a global developmental delay, and my suggestion to you is to engage as many services as you can in Broken Hill where you live and get therapists on board the intervention happening and I like had had walked into the kitchen to get a pen and paper to start writing down what he was saying and I just looked at my husband and I said it's the doctor from Adelaide he's saying that Cal's got brain damage Mm. and the doctor said did you not already know these results and I said no and he said I'm so sorry I thought I was just reiterating something you already and it was just like it would have floored me hearing it face to face, but hearing it over the phone, oh. it was it was pretty horrific. And your so, home is your safe place, you know. Yeah, you go somewhere to hear that stuff. Yeah, and you come home yeah. and regroup and shut the front door and snuggle yeah. in to hear it like that. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, man! So who was supposed to tell you, and why didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We also, because we when we'd been down in Adelaide on that particular visit, we'd also been there because um, we'd had to have follow-ups with the hospital because when we first got home um, from Adelaide, we had a phone call a week later. I was watching the news and there was a news um, article that came on about all these babies in Niku and Skaboo from October, November, the year before, having been subjected to a staff member who had whooping cough. Oh. And if you were there at that oh. time, please contact the hospital. And we were contacted the oh, next day to say, you were there. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, how many we things? Were. How many <laughs> things? Yeah. So, yeah, that was just another yes, um, layer added, of trauma added to the situation. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think we went on like when Cal was, when we were told global developmental delay, um, I, I don't remember exactly in what order things happened, but yeah. I knew that I was pretty gung-ho. So yeah. I went out to, we had an um, early intervention centre here and I went out and saw them and said, like, have you got a space? Yeah. And they were pretty full up at the time. And I just remember kind of, and I did know the director um, them. through work and stuff. And I just kind of got 
quite teary and just mm. said, I'll take anything, yeah, half yes. an hour, night, don't care. Yes. I'll take anything if Please. I have to be here, you know, whatever you've got, mm. um, but we need oh, whatever we yeah. can get. And that um, that early um, intervention centre became very much yes. a safe haven yes. for me. Um, I feel like I think back now and feel for the staff who work there, who <laughs> oh, I'm no. still in touch with because they were not just... Um, early intervention oh, educator no. therapist for me yeah <laughs> I might have got more out of it than Cal did but mm. um well it's somewhere yeah, to we, belong when you feel like you don't belong in the world anymore yeah yeah you know, absolutely it's really important and they they can hear what you're saying when other people can't yeah it was just a place of um acceptance mm. and it was interesting because I'd lived in our town for like probably about 10 or 12 years before that happened and this particular place had a bit of a stigma about it like there's an early intervention centre and there's a um like a care facility and employment um yep set up um for people with a disability and it had a bit of a stigma as I know you guys have talked about Mm. before and over the time that we were involved with this place, we were talking about how to promote it and how to, um, and I, we were just as parents connected to it, were really honest and were like, it's the place that no one wants to know about yes. until they need it. Yes. And then we want to know everything. So the word disability or somebody having to, you know, like as an as a parent of a newborn or as a as a as a person who's pregnant seeing flyers around for early intervention Mm. centres that you may want to use should your child have a disability. Like, who wants to know about that? You don't want to go there until you're there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, true, Yeah, true. I think it's the job of the whole world to destigmatise disability. It's the job of the whole world. We'll all do our little bit. And then it'll just be like taking a pamphlet about do you want to do physio for your body after you've given birth? Do you want to know where early intervention is? Do you want to, you know, all that. But at the moment it's, yeah. Yeah. We're not quite there. And so was he there all the way up until school? Like did he do kinder there or what was that? He was there for maybe three years I think alongside that um, he was also going to family daycare and we had the absolutely most beautiful family Aww. daycare mum um, for both our boys, Aww. the Cal and Nate. Yeah. And um, Cal was very much immersed into this family and Aww. and their kids, um, his daycare mum's kids were all older. Her right. youngest was actually the same age as our eldest, right. um, my stepdaughter. But he was just part of their family mm. and even now when I see um you know, this lady's grandkids oh. out and out. They still know yes. um, Cal. They still know my other son, Nate, and yeah. it was just a beautiful feeling. So we had, we were really lucky we had family daycare. And I will say, though, that that was the only family daycare mum in town that would and in actual fact the only childcare setting in town and there are a number who were willing mm. to have cow mm. um listen to that people yeah yeah well, thank goodness like, she was there yeah absolutely um when he was a baby there was other people willing to have him but as his disability became mm. apparent um yeah mm. it, it 
became more difficult. And mm. this particular daycare mum, Jenny, um, was just absolutely amazing. Oh. And she would, you know, I'd give, she'd ask for a run sheet of what his physio exercises were oh, that he needed Jenny. to do that with him. Oh. And um, they call her, um, some of the other mums I know call her um, Mother Earth. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Yes. So we were really lucky. We had Jenny and we had um, our early intervention yes. centre and they were both fantastic. Mm. Um, we also, as it got closer to school, enrolled Cal at preschool. Right. And I went to, there was two main preschools in town. I went to both and <laughs> one I walked out of and just, bald because mm. I didn't have Cal with me and I'd gone to suss it out yeah. and it was two story and I was like you know how would you get from yeah. how would you get from because you went in on the top level so I was like how would you get away. from here to the backyard and they were like oh all the kids would go down the stairs he'd have to go around this way and it was no fault of the center no. but I was like yeah I, I just it just wasn't the right environment for him um and I went to the other um, center and it was very um, play-based very open area um, and it was just like how can we make this work Aww. and before Cal started um, the benefit of being in a town that's not huge is having connections yeah, to lots yeah, of people of course, and yeah. especially through teaching so mm. I did know of some of the staff who worked there and we ended up having, I guess it was effectively like a transition meeting, but we yeah. ended up having a meeting before Cal started there. And I yeah. think there was like seven staff there and Grant and I, and we just went through, I'd, I'd been given advice from one of the groups that I spoke in to make up a booklet that gave yeah. information about Cal right. and had even things in it like a communication dictionary. Excellent. So like if he pulls this face or ah. makes this sound, this means yeah. and Things like that, and it was probably completely overwhelming for them, but it was great for me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, and it probably wasn't overwhelming for no. them. I think information is incredible. That's yeah. you know. Now you're you're a teacher and you're a vice principal. Yeah. Were you primary school or secondary school? I'm primary school. Okay, so then what the heck? Choosing a school. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um, working as um, a teacher. Pro- well, I'd, I'd mainly taught in K to two, and I was a kindergarten teacher when I'm. The- went on maternity leave with Cal, right. which was in the um, fourth term. And I was planning on returning to work in April the next year. Mm-hmm. And that didn't quite happen. No. Um, so I taught K to two for a number of years. I think I'd been teaching for about eight years when I had Cal. And then um, I went back to work as a casual teacher towards the end of the following year and just did a few days here and there and then slowly built up um, the number of days I did and and what I was doing um, and did a number of things over the years in terms of um, I did some support work to start with and I actually found it really confronting. Um, I, I was working with kids who had learning difficulties, not necessarily, um, I guess, more formal diagnoses, Mm, mm. but I still found it quite confronting. And so I then changed to doing, we call it RFF. So like when the teachers have planning time off class, I'd go Mm. and fill in on different classes. I then got into um, a role three or four days a week doing learning and support, but it was after a number of years and um, I was at the right, it was the right time for me to do that. I'd become 
quite strong advocating for Cal and had become really, really passionate about mainstream education, particularly mainstream education in public schools. Mm. And I took on the role of learning and support teacher a few days a week and worked alongside um, an amazing school counsellor. And we were, I would go as far as to say we were a really great team together. We bounced off each other um, and had some lots of laughs but also troubleshooted lots of things, met with lots of families Mm. and were very much about how can we make this work for you? Um, how Sound can like we the perfect team? Mm. <laughs> how can we cater for your child? I also, in my role as learning and support teacher, was involved with another staff member of um, Kinder Transition. So we would go out and visit the preschools and do like a um, chat to parents about what, school readiness. Yeah. And I ended up incorporating into that school readiness chat, you know, talking about these are all the things that we would expect your child was doing or not doing in, you know, coming to school. And this is what things might look like socially and rah-rah. And then I had this section that was called the beautiful exception. Mm. And Ben just spoke about, you know, if you're sitting here thinking none of this applies to me or my child, um, you are what I call a beautiful exception. Oh, oh I would have been weeping. A beautiful exception. <laughs> I would have yeah. been howling. Yeah. <laughs> well, that did happen. I yes. just had people oh. walk out and leave. Um, but it it just um, it was nice to be able to acknowledge to a group of parents that mm. not everyone sitting here is having no. the same journey. And some of you are very much sitting here thinking, God, you know, like how is my kid yes. going to pack their bag? Yes. And how, you know, and there's others thinking, mm. I don't know how I'm going to fit the wheelchair and the walker mm. and the standing mm. thing in the car. Mm. And others further still with other complications. So it was nice to bring a little bit of a light to that for all concerned, mm. yes. the parents, the staff, whatever, mm. but particularly for um the parents who were sitting there thinking, I don't know if, you know, all these things they say your child has to be to yeah. be ready to school and my, my child may not ever be. That's right. Mm. So does that mean they're not yes. going? You know? yeah. um, so that that um, was a really good experience. So I continued on in the learning and support role for about seven years. I actually was doing the learning and support role up until mid last year. Um, so through COVID lockdowns, um, and and that was a really difficult time trying to um, really connect with um, families. We organised um, a team of us. So me, the school counsellor I was referring to, and we had a primary healthcare nurse based at our school organised a wellbeing Zoom for our families just to tune in and touch base about things they may be experiencing during. This was in the first lockdown, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I guess normalising the whole raft of feelings and emotions that um, people were going through at that time mm, mm. Um, and just trying to be a connection from the the school in a different way, mm. not just the, um, you know, we were doing a great job as a staff really mm. trying to cater to our family's wishes for what suited them best with um, learning plans and things like that. Mm. But it was just another forum for families to be able to connect. And um, 
mid last year, um, we because teacher shortages worldwide, yes, but particularly difficult in um, a rural yes. and remote community. And we had a teacher um, leave and move back to the coast to be closer to her family and were unable to fill the vacancy. And we tried really hard um, but couldn't. And it was a class um, of kids who, particularly after the lockdown um, periods, really needed um to have somebody come in who kind of already knew them. Mm. And the New South Wales Department of Education at that point had kind of said, you know, and Nessa had said, um, we're easing the um, requirements for curriculum for the rest of the year because mm. of lockdown mm. and whatever. And so pretty much my role, I'd said, I didn't want to just take this class for a week or two. I would rather go and teach them for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, and my role was I went into the class with the aim of, pressure of the curriculum is off in terms mm. of I need to cover what they need yeah. but I don't have to cover to tick boxes right. mm. um, and I can, you know, care for them, keep them calm and build rapport. And so I went back into this, um, back into class teaching for the first time in 12 years, wow. um, back into a classroom. And like the last time I was on class, we didn't have smart boards. Yes. The kids, that was a source of amusement. No, they would have they loved it. Oh, but, um, no greater joy. I absolutely <laughs> loved absolutely loved being back in the classroom and and being on class and being able to I think share um I not share as in retail stories but I guess use what I'd learned from being a parent mm. but also from being the parent of a child with a disability mm. and having been a teacher for a long mm. time and advocating for kids and families able mm. to use all that to I I feel have some sort of a positive influence. I'm sure in you did, Megan. I'm sure. So then know. I continue. I decided to leave the learning and support role and continue on class this year, um, which I did for the first six months. And um, yeah, it was a massive wake up call for mm. me. I will admit, my colleagues at work will laugh because mm. I was like, man, this being back on class is hard work. Oh, hard work. <laughs> hard work. <laughs> Just so much paperwork, so much administration mm. that I remember like I'm I've taken leave for this end of the year because I did get to the point where um a range of things, being an assistant principal full time and through the pandemic, mm. um, being in a hard to staff area, mm. being a mum and yes. a stepmom. Yes. Um and, a and being back on yes. class full time, I just got to the point where I was like, I can't yep. do all of this. Like yeah, I've, no. I've never prescribed to be able to. People yeah. would always say things like, oh, you know, how do you manage it all? And I was like, I don't. Like, yeah, that's right. I'm always juggling the balls yeah. and I've resigned myself that one or two of them have always dropped on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Just try to make sure they're not the same ones. So yeah. if, yeah. I, if family's on the out of this week, then next week it can't be. Yeah. yeah. But what was happening was that I was trying so desperately to be the best teacher, mm. the best assistant principal Aww. that I could be, that I was certainly not being the best mum yes. or stepmom yeah. or wife. And I don't really person. actually know that I was 
really doing anything yeah. to help myself in mm. that situation. And as a result, probably um, I certainly felt like I was failing miserably on all fronts and it kind of just got to crunch point where I was like, I really need to reevaluate yes. what my priorities are. And while my family has always been one of my top priorities, work has always been a place where I was Megan. Mm-hmm. I was yep. not um, yep. mum. Yep. I yep. was Megan. It was mm. a lot of my identity had been wrapped up mm. in work Mm. and so it was really difficult to kind of go well what and who am I if I'm that but I thought about taking a couple of weeks off and just thought I just don't think that's enough time for me because I'll still spend all this time stressing about what I'm doing and and going back I just got to the point where I needed to say I I'm I'm just Megan I'm Cal and Nate's mum, I'm stepmom to these other three great kids who are now adults and mm. I'm Grant's wife and and this is where I need to focus my time. Um, I also really largely felt that just from comments of friends and things, offhanded comments, and they weren't necessarily negative, but just talking about things when life's busy and your kids are kind of nagging you and stuff and just being, you know, like in five or six years when the kids have moved out of mm. home or off doing their own thing and I was like you know what I don't actually have the no. liberty to even no. know whether that's, that's right no that's not our story no. no and so you have to have the strength to get up every day and do what Keep you doing do this forever yeah, yeah. Mm. I just was like if I don't invest as much time and energy as possible now into my family mm. I feel like I'm really going to regret it because I'm not going to get this time back. And it might not change anything. I I know when Cal was little, I absolutely exhausted myself Mm. throwing everything I had at every type of Mm. intervention possible. I used to stay up till late at night till all hours researching stuff and talking to people online, setting up... um, obstacle courses and activities around the lounge room to Mm. be ready for the next morning. And um, I I don't regret doing it, but it got to a point where I did realise, and I guess it was a point of realisation but a point of acceptance that no matter how much we do, there are some things that aren't going to change. That's true. Yeah, so I think... Again, having, I guess, that realisation this year that, and I said to Mandy the other day, I kind of um, feel like it's almost like compassion fatigue. I was really worried about letting the parents of my class know. Yes, of course. And I, my school was really great and really supportive. Mm. Um, The benefits of being in a town that's Mm. smaller and knowing Mm. the people that you work with. Yeah. some of my staff were there um, when Cal was born yeah. and, you know, were around at that time. Mm. So they've been there along the way. Mm. Um, so I don't think I, I very much felt supported by my school and very much had comments from other staff that there wasn't anyone begrudging me of taking course, the time. Right. No. And, um you know, quite a few people were like, what are you going to do with this time? And my answer has been 
breathe. Yes. Um, yes. Recover. Pause. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I did. The first, um, we had one of my stepdaughters was getting married last term. So the first five weeks I was off work was largely about binge watching Netflix. Yes. <laughs> Important. The, Everybody else like, did it during yes. COVID. It's your turn. Yeah. Yes. Laying on the lounge, just pottering around, doing things around the house and kind of setting really small goals yes. like I'm going to get out in the sun today yes. and I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to pick my kids up from school and drop them off. Mm. Um, I kept our support workers on for Cal mm. um, through this time because Good. I wanted to make sure they still had work. Yeah, and you can't yeah. lose but them. I, no. Yeah, but also I wanted to give myself the chance to just be mum mm. and as much as is possible. Um, mm. So, yeah, so that's... Um, yeah, where things are at. So I'm on leave at the moment, but feeling in a much better, oh, I'm glad. better place. Mm. You know what? I am exhausted. Yes, yeah. You are, right? Yep, you are. And more of us need to acknowledge that that's the truth. Yeah. Because the yeah. people that are coming up under us are going, how do they do it? And sometimes we don't. And yeah. I feel like, especially in the cerebral palsy world, there's just all this pressure in those early years and we yes. all burn out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's- such a huge, huge, huge emphasis on walking. Yep. Um, major, major emphasis, like yes. walking at all costs. Yep. And I find that really difficult. Um, you know, it, it is absolutely a beautiful thing to be able to celebrate for a baby typically developing mm. and for anyone. But I also think... Um, we need to be really careful the emphasis that we place yep. on certain milestones and skills in order of making judgment as to whether you're an independent person mm. or you're living a worthwhile life based on certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and whether that's a physical attribute or it's a social mm, mm. or emotional attribute. You're so right. Attribute, yep, yep. Everybody has got something to offer mm-hmm. and absolutely, like I feel so passionate that every life, regardless of what form it takes, for the babies who don't quite make it mm. and for those who do, mm. um, every life absolutely should be celebrated. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's our whole philosophy really around here. <laughs> really, really no yeah. but it's so true so what is cal doing now oh cal <laughs> so cal is just about to turn 14 teenager yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the attitude yeah. um and um speaking of which <laughs> we've been so passionate about making sure cal has a way to communicate that's mm. been a really big push for us um Cal is really physically affected with cerebral palsy. So he's um, a power wheelchair user. Um, he is nonverbal. He is dependent on the support of others for all of his daily care needs. Mm. And intellectually, he's the complete and utter opposite. He's like he's, a maths guru. <laughs> he's, um, he skipped year two and went into year three wow. because in kindergarten he'd started doing year three maths. Far out. He's the complete opposite. So it is amazing and he amazes me daily. Um, 
it also is a great source of frustration mm. for him because he is so very, very aware mm. of what he cannot do yes. and what others are doing. Um, mm. We've been working really hard um, probably the last 12 months because Cal has always defined himself as when he'd meet people, he'd spell out, I'm Cal, I've got cerebral palsy, I'm smart. Mm-hmm. And we'd kind of just gone with that. And then it wasn't until probably, yeah, the last 12 or 18 months sort of realised that if his only way of defining himself is that he's got a physical disability and that he's really smart, that physical disability is limiting in so many ways because of the things that it doesn't enable him to do. And his intellectual gift, which he has, is inadvertently another pressure because what if you don't get everything right? Yeah. What if you're not amazing at everything? Yeah. Then where are you? And yeah. so we've been really trying to shift the focus to another side of Cal, which is his creativity because he's hugely creative, um, and just really get him to see that there are many things about him that are amazing mm-hmm. and interesting and funny and the most important things about him are actually not his yes, diagnosis that's right. or the fact that he is, um, you know, quite intelligent, mm. that that there are so many things about him, um, you know, other than that. But um, speaking of teenage years, I go with this agreement that people who use um, AAC, so assisted and uh, augmentative and alternative communication, should be exposed to a full and robust vocabulary even yes. if they don't use it and yeah. that it is completely age appropriate to have access to swear words. Oh, yes. It's a beauty so I one. programmed into Cal's communication device, which he reluctantly uses occasionally. He prefers to use a low-tech spelling mm. board. But I programmed all these swear words into <laughs> his device. So, you know, we had low-level, like, um, that's shit or yeah. that sucks and then we had that's fucked. And yeah, awesome. Lots of other things. Yep. Um, that's fucking shit. Yeah. And we were sitting at um, family dinner one night and I hadn't told anybody else that I'd put them in there. <laughs> I was trying to get everyone's attention and everyone was talking over the top and he just said, that's fucking shit. <laughs> everyone just... And then he got really embarrassed and was like <laughs> in his face. Uh, so that was quite funny. And um, I then had to explain how it ended up in there. And then I was like, oh, I thought that Cal should have full access. And then yes. Cal was like, take it out, take it out. I was like, well, we'll leave it there. Just don't use it unless yeah, it's really, really needed. needed. And then he did spell out to me the other day, I was relaying a story to um, one of his support workers that I thought was hilariously funny. Um and Cal had heard this story a few times and was getting really sick of me talking about it. Mm. So instead of he has a little um, icon on his board that says change the subject or sometimes yes. he'll say CTS. Yeah. So instead of saying that, he's said STF. And I'm like, STF? 
And he's like, STFU. And I was like, <laughs> and then he starts laughing shut and spells up. out, shut the fuck up. And I went, <laughs> I, I caught my gorgeous smile. And I was like, okay, so let's just rewind. Shut up. I'll tolerate. Mum, stop it. Change the subject. Yeah. It's not something you generally say to your mum. <laughs> I mean, we've all thought it. We've all thought it. That's the greatest. (laughs) Oh, you, what a woman. And we Mm. could speak to you for hours. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Is there anything you want to tell us, though? Is there anything we've missed that Mm. you want the world to know? Hey. Mm. Um, I just think probably um, just presume competence. I think. Yes. in the world of disability and in the world of medical and health situations, I think um, I think doctors quite often and therapists try to be realistic, and I appreciate that. But sometimes realism comes, and I am all for being realistic. I don't think people should be, you know, like you can do anything you set your mm. mind to it. Like mm. that doesn't mm. apply to everyone. Mm. So realism is absolutely important but not at the cost of dispelling hope. Mm. Um, and I think it's really important to be realistic but positive. Yes. Acknowledge the shit times mm. because they keep coming. Um, mm. It doesn't get easier in some respects. And I mm. think the way that I get through is that if I'm feeling crap or if it's a down day is to go with it. And if that means shutting shop and hiding away Mm. um, and not talking to anybody, then that's what I need to do because Mm. later that day or the next day, something else might be thrown Mm. at me and there's no liberty for any parent, but particularly for parents of kids with additional needs. You don't have the liberty to go, I'll deal with that later. Mm. Like it's, I need to be present. I Mm -hmm. need to be here now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just for all the parents who are listening who've got kids with disabilities, just be kind to yourself. And, Mm. you know, self-care we talk about all the time, but, you know, that might be turning off the phone, um, not answering calls, cancelling therapy. Ignoring your emails. Mm. Yep, saying no, saying Mm. no to Mm. doctors who Mm. think they know better than you do, like, Mm. Being mm. kind to yourself mm. um, and just enjoying being a parent mm. first and foremost. That's yes. probably, yeah. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, thank you. Thank S- you. Spoken to us today too. Mm. So thanks for being a gift to us. And be gentle on yourself today because after sharing this, it's a it can be a yes, rough it, day. Yeah, you'll be tired. Yeah, you'll be tired, yeah. right? I, I didn't expect so many tears. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well, it's a story. That's right, it's and you. it's the truth. And you're beautiful. Putting boy. it out into the world, you're mm. talking about your heart. Yeah, it's and tiring. It's, it's not. It's not just a discussion on you being a teacher. This is your yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mm, very different. So, thank mm. you for giving that to us. And thank I know you. the peas will love it, and rural yeah. peas will love it. Yes, they don't want to hear about us in Melbourne anymore. No, sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, with your, you with your rain and your green grass. <laughs> That's us, Mud. exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Megan. It was no wonderful thank to speak you. to you. Thank you. Oh. Thanks very much.
Wow, Megan. Megan, thank oh, you. Oh, she was generous. So generous. Yeah. There's so many stories that sit and we forget how they affect us until we start retelling yes, them. Yes, that's right. And they're, they're just lurking yeah, in there. So yeah. thank you for sharing, Megan. Yeah, it's, and, you know, we promised you that we would have more teachers on. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 I know my best friend's a teacher and it's a really hard time. Yeah, everyone's so tired. the hardest time she's been through teaching. So So exhausted. Parents are tired. The kids are tired. The teachers are overworked. There's not enough resources. So, yeah, we're thinking of you all, teachers. So thank you, Megan and Mm. Callum. We'll we'll have some photos up of her family. Yeah. 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 Okay. What made you cry this week, Um, Well, I had a little teary when we Mm. went to – we've done a few speaking gigs Mm, this mm, week and mm. one of them was at a NEMDA. Yep. And um, we were at part of their AGM and then Mm. we spoke afterwards. But just (laughs) having beautiful people with intellectual disabilities joining into the AGM. Yes. I was just so overwhelmed. I just thought this is so beautiful One of the most beautiful things I've been to. I know. And I just thought – Everyone had equal worth. Yes. I, Everyone had the floor when they magic. wanted to talk. It was. They are doing an incredible and I thought, work. you go to boring AGMs, not yeah, at no, these no, places. No, no, no. This one was great. Oh, was Everyone great. was laughing, applauding. No. Oh. oh, and the um, the participants were um, able to get up and join in. As it should be. As it should be. Yeah. I just thought, wow. Yeah, it was really good. You know, really, really good. World. <laughs> no, but... Yeah, you then know. I just got emotional speaking to them and saying mm. these are the most precious people mm. in this world. We have yeah. to bloody work harder for them. And if you've got money, fling Help it that way. Them. Fling it that yes. way. We all need to have a I job s- that we love. We thought the the um local the local member. member was there, and so I just said you need to give him more money. But then he'd already he'd left. already gone. <laughs> Anyway, which they I had said they were like that. because it's coming up to Victorian state election, so yeah, the local members right. are They're popping everywhere. in and out. They're yeah. not staying for things. No, and I thought that was mm. really telling. Actually, yes, yes, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. how about that? How about that? Yeah. So, um, I haven't had a terribly uh, cryy week. I wanted to mention that um, Mandy and I had a beautiful sisters on Snap P eighteen. Yes, I think was during the first or second Melbourne lockdown. I think so too, um, Felice and Liz. And I'm sure you remembered it. Go back and listen to their yes. episode. We yes. loved having them on. They were peas. Oh, they were fun. Their story had- was powerful they've lived through cancer in their family and it's been very very tough for them and now one of the beautiful sisters liz Liz, um has had a stroke yep two massive massive strokes and at the point of recording is in icu in melbourne we will put a link in the show notes to the gofundme if you're in the hangout you might be able to find um the little post about it i just it's just shaken me really i just think what I think is, what the fuck? Why do people have all this shit that yeah, they have to deal of... with? Her poor family have yes. already been through enough and it's yes. made me cross yes. and made me really, really sad. And I know when I replied back to the email, her sister Felice said, yeah, I'm broken. Yes, of you course know, she is. This is her best friend and her yes. sister and, yeah, this is wrong. But yes. anyway, Life. how can we not cry at that? We yes. just can't. And oh. anyway. What made a difference for you this week? Oh, so many things. Mm. Um, We're about to go to Tassie for Special Olympics. When you hear this, she will be there there. over the seas. Um, And uh, we had the last Zoom on Monday night. I mean, do you think I can remember any Zooms? So I'm setting reminders. Um, Anyway, I remembered we were in it. And Molly was just like... Thanks, Mum, for this opportunity. Oh, <laughs> which so is lovely. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. 150 people on the Zoom. I mean, the organisation from oh, Anna and Yolande, I know yeah. they listen. Mm. 
the logistics mm. of this. And that's oh, just Team huge. Victoria. I mean, you've, like, I said to one of the mums who's, um, like, on our school council, mm, mm. I said, oh, you don't know logistics like this. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. They win. All, they win. They win. Special Olympics. Yep. Head of delegations win logistics. Yep. They really, really do. So, so. you know, all the information. And then somebody pops up in the chat. What what flight am I on? And oh you get to God. see everyone go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that podcasts are back. Heavyweight is back. Oh, my oh, heavyweight's gosh. Heavyweight's back. Oh, oh, I've been waiting. It's been so long. Oh, my gosh. There's oh, three episodes up oh, there. I've oh, just listened oh, to them back to back. Okay, i got to go. See ya. <laughs> it's just magic. No, that, yep. that is a podcast. It is above all podcasts. I'm telling you, yep. it's magic. It is magic. It makes me cry. It makes me laugh. The amount of it's work thoughtful. they put into it. It's clever. Oh, I love it. So love just it, love go it. and find heavyweight. Yep, also, um. Uh, Eyes on Gilead is back, so Handmaid's Tale. I mean, everyone's torture they want to watch, but yes, yes. Um, I love Eyes on Gilead. That podcast is awesome and it just gives everyone a debrief. Yep. Um, and also, I've been watching Khan, who was um, on MasterChef and then on Survivor. Yeah. I've been watching him on Instagram for a little while. I kept meaning to say this because he makes lunch boxes for his housemate. Oh, and so he's yes, a chef yes. And he's making these lunch boxes My for me. My kids have got me onto and this. I have to- <laughs> Love watching him. It's hilarious. Uh, Somebody packing lunch boxes with enthusiasm. Oh, yes, I mean, which is no not you one or else. Me. No. So go and follow Khan. Yep. So oh, they're mine. I beautiful. also finished season eight of Escape to the Shadow, and I just. Are you ready to escape? Or? Oh no! No, I love them, oh, and I, I just. I love them too. Oh, I know. Just the strawberries. Oh, and the hair. How oh, does she no. keep her hair, keep hair and her that makeup red? and I her clothes? No. I mean, I just have none of that. None no. of that skill is within this. Body. Oh, she is clever. She is clever. They're so, both clever. Very. Mm. I'm mm. just nervous. He's gonna. Collapse, I know, I know, but I know. The man can do anything. He really can. He really can. I'm just going to get dicked to, I, okay, I, and then I, he does it. I know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm up to date. I'm ready for season nine. So Come on. that'll be their final one they've oh, announced. So fair. That's a bit sad, but fair enough. They've done yeah. all 45 the rooms are, in the shadow. <laughs> The they boat, come here. The car, the bloody, <laughs> the orangery. I mean. <laughs> the moat, the, the island. Yeah, I know. Oh, jeez. Oh, they must be tired. They must be tired. But anyway, oh, anyway. I really, yep. yeah. Yep. If you difference. don't know what we're talking about, sorry. Go and find, <laughs> go and find I, it. Go Just go watch one it. episode. Won't matter which one you watch. No. You will be jaw on the floor. I know. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, yep. that's a lot. Yeah. Oh, no, good. It's your podcast. Um, so my Make a Difference this week is completely different. I was talking to a friend about um, just life. You know, my life has had heaps of changes over the last 12 months and how I was feeling a bit overwhelmed and I didn't know who to talk to or mm. trust or who are my people. Mm. And, I, I mean, I'm, that's sounding way more dramatic than I actually. But, anyway, she said to me, you need to put a moat around the house and mm. shut the door. And I, I need the chateau. Yeah, I need the chateau. Mm. But it really sat with me because normally I'm like, you need to get support from everybody. Mm. But I'm like, actually, I need to just sit, mm. yep. shut the door yep. and be with the family and be okay. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's okay to just yep. be by yourself it or, really you is. know, maybe one or two really close people. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'm just going to be a snail for a little yep. bit. Like I'm just going to yep. crawl in under. I've and, been doing it lately too. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to get through to the end of the year. Yep. I'm... Like even things that I've really wanted to go to, I'm like, I can't yep. do it. I'm yep. staying home yep. and I feel like it's making me cope more. Well, it's just slowing down. 
Yeah. So I've been slowing down too. Mm. That's helpful. So, yeah, but it was just the way she said it. Like, yeah, good. And she was talking about a, a really big incident that happened in her life like 18 years ago and she said, I just shut the front door yeah. and I thought, yeah, I can yeah, shut you the can front do that. door. Of course yeah. You can. Yeah. You've got a gate. She's like, I have got a gate. She's <laughs> You've like got two layers. She's like, you'll be really interested to see who knocks on it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Mm. So anyway, I felt sort of a bit empowered as well. Yeah, great. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. What made you laugh? Well, we, when they get off the plane in yep. Launceston, so all mm, of Team Vic, mm, there's mm. two flights. Mm. They will get off the plane, straight mm. onto the tarmac, straight onto buses. Mm. So they don't have to go and get their bags. This is what I'm talking about. The logistics are incredible. I mean, they're celebrities. So I said to Molly, mm. this is what's going to happen. And she said, she said, oh, I feel famous like Lizzo, but I'm not as fat. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, you are as famous yes, as Lizzo. Yes, definitely you, you are. You guys are going to be really living it up next week, <laughs> as well as it's going to be tricky. Well, hopefully, hopefully, and I mean this with all you know, power to you. Hopefully it's tricky for you and fun for her. I hope so. Yeah. I hope that, I hope that there's I some hope fun you for get her. to come home and collapse and shut the door. Yeah. But she just has some fun. Yeah, I hope the so. The photos are great. I She's hope just, so. It's going to be The photo enormous. of her putting her hand up like, enough, <laughs> I don't need photos. Enough, mum. Oh, I just loved it. I know. She loves that stuff. Yep. yep. So that made me laugh. Yep. They're all going to be famous like Lizzo. Yeah, they are. Fair. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, if no one's ever picked me up from a bus. I've, I've never been never, picked up on the tarmac. No, I'm trudging across that tarmac. Totally. Yeah, getting in trouble for getting your phone out or something. Yeah. So, yeah, good on them. Awesome. Oh, I'll have so much to say, people. Oh, I can't I am, even wait. I am going to record um, an mm, episode mm, down there. Mm. So that's, you know. And I'm you are a, going to show a lot of grace to us. because I'm not a risk taker, <laughs> but this is risky. <laughs> I'm just letting you know this is extreme risk-taking behaviour. <laughs> so I've bought a little recorder. Yeah, it's so exciting. I'm very nervous. I'm going to do something wrong, but I've got people lined up. We've got a couple of twin mums. Oh, that's we've exciting. Got, and I'm going to interview people wherever I can yep. who've, who've agreed and everything. So um, I don't know. She's that raving report. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on cereal. Back to, back to you, Kate, in oh, the no. studio. <laughs> I'm I mean, very in my mind, it. it's going to be awesome, but it is going to be also awesome. in my mind. What the hell? I know, but yeah, look, uh, Mandy, you've done so many things. I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it my best shot. Yeah, that's, that's all right. I'm going to say. That's but all we you're going to have to be kind. Yes. Well, they everyone's will. going to have to be kind. I get the feedback anyway, so just delete, <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, I, yeah. it, I don't know how it's going to sound. No, doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't after. I know Mandy and I are extremely proud of how the sound of our podcast goes, but after hearing massive podcasts with people recording in yeah. under their doona, I'm like, you know yep. what, now post-pandemic, even though I really value the sound, I value the content. Yeah, that's right. We've so been I'll through try a lot. My best. So, yeah, yeah, that's all yep. good. So my laugh, I have two. The first one is um, I had a friend over for dinner and she was having a red wine. Now, if I drink wine, it's white. So sort of an odd thing to see mm. on the table. Like mm. it looks to me, red wine's posh. Right. right. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. But that's to me, you're posh and you're grown right. up, you have a red wine. Right. Right. So Woody hanging up at the front door, someone had given us like a like a suit jacket that didn't fit their child. So he goes oh. up to the front door, gets the suit jacket on, goes into his room. He, his sister, scholarship, took both the boys shopping to buy them jeans. They've only had track suits oh, for wow. years. It's a big right? deal. A big deal. Finally found some in Uniqlo because the girl at the shops was like, they have the skinniest of sizes. Course. Still have to wear a belt. Kmart have yep. the most amazing belts that are just like rope. 
So you can just shove the thing in and you don't need the holes. I hope I'm making sense. Anyway, they got the jeans, tied the waist in as hard as I Anyway, so he's got the jeans on, got the jacket, put a white T-shirt on, put the jacket on, came down, sat down, crossed his legs, just grabbed the red wine and sat there. (laughs) We were in hysterics. Like um, number one daughter was over. She's taking photos. Like what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, and then his sister said, you should put that on your um, Instagram. So he put it up and said, contemplating life. I was like, More. It was really funny yeah. and just this moment of, I don't know, everybody was just happy yeah. and number one daughter said, I miss this because yes, she's left she's course. left the house, you know, she doesn't live here and she's like, I forgot yes. all the little funny things. Yes, so all the time. Yeah, it was just really, really, I know you had to be there and I can't post the photo, which I would love to because oh, it's so funny, but I it was, know. it's very, very good. Oh. Um, and the other thing was at the AGM that Mandy and I were talking at this week, it was an awesome, um, I won't say his name just because we haven't got yeah. released to do that and hopefully he'll come on the podcast, but there was an awesome man there and I was saying, you know, Mandy and I always pump ourselves up or really we're pumping other parents up and yeah. I was saying how, you know, sometimes you will have heard us say people are like jealous of us, like we're better than you and whatever and he goes, no, you're not, no. you're not better than anyone. <laughs> Heckling. Heckling. And it was such so, a joy. To me, I was premature. Yes, and can I come on the podcast? Yes. I said sure. Next yep. year, we'll yep. get you on. And so it was. He I don't sang know. a song. He sang a song. It was just I mean, so 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 good. I just feel sorry for all of you that go to boring AGMs. I know. Well, this was oh, and the food. I put oh, the food up on our yeah. Instagram. It was unbelievable. Oh, I mean, sadly, Mandy and I had to leave to I look know. after our actual children, yes, so we couldn't annoying. stay for the food. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. we're also speaking to Carers WA yes, tomorrow. So, so um, yeah, it's been a nice and busy week. It has. Yep. Some of you will have heard us this week, which yep. is and thank you for those yeah. people oh, who listen. Also, kids people. Tea, yes. had us in their home. Yes, it was so beautiful. That was lovely. And yep. shout out to Laura. And next Laura week when alone. Mandy's, I can't remember. Sorry, but she's shout a out to you. Yes, <laughs> and she was really thrilled to meet us, which was lovely. Um, I think I'm doing a council carers week next week as yep. well when Mandy's abandoning me. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you. Rate and review, please. Yep. And we will. Well, we we'll don't know when we'll next be back. Week, but we We're don't not know sure. what that's going to be like. <laughs> okay. So if there is a gap, that's why. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So or just if have we some replay patience. an old episode yeah, just or have whatever. Some patience, cause yeah, it's, it's. Might take some editing. It might. Magic that we don't possess. We don't necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. See, see you. Bye. bye.